actions antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you settling for less. One of the most frustrating processes I've ever been in, and I've also witnessed a lot of other people in the same process, is finding work, finding jobs in general. It's kind of really confuses and frustrates me how we can have still such an archaic process. And it seems logical that we'll be kind of looking to upgrade this. But also the nature of work is changing quite a bit. Not everyone's necessarily looking for the standard full-time job and getting your business or whatever, your livelihood, your career intact requires networking with people, meeting a lot of people and being connected, essentially connecting your service or your product to the person or people that need it most. I think recently I've discovered where the answer is going to come from. My guest today Emily Drost is in the process of building a networking platform that is going to make that connection between the product and service you're offering and the people who need it in a way more seamless fashion than what we do today, which is so much stress. So with that, I would like to welcome to the show, Emily Drost. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? I'm doing splendidly. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining and for being willing to come on and talk about this because at heart, I'm kind of a futurist. Imagining a future where things are better than certain frustrating experiences today is one of the best ways a lot of people can cope with some things that they're going through. And in e-networks, I see a possibility coming forward. So tell me a little bit about your process, what got you interested in designing this and what you're trying to do with e-networks? My background is in psychology. So I studied industrial organizational psychology. And primarily what that means is we were studying the motivation of employees and people in the workplace. And I did that for quite a bit of time. And then I parlayed that experience into an advertising career where I was still continuing to study motivations for people consumers. And over time, what I started to find was that really we're in the middle of this shift and Mm -hmm. people are starting to get frustrated with this idea of the nine to five work. And what's happening is they're starting to seek and figure out how to apply their expertise to the workforce. But really being able to focus on their expertise. And my expertise happens to be understanding how employees are motivated, what they like to do. And my expertise happens to be in understanding consumer motivation. And so those two sort of come together. And I said, gosh, I'm seeing this shift in the marketplace. I'm seeing this shift in the workplace. And I want to be able to support that. I happen to have the technology experience and background, and so I can build that. And the idea started coming together in 2019 for this workplace platform that is really based on business networking at its most basic. The idea that we all have a certain sphere of influence. We all have a network, a tree, if you will, of people that we know, and We all know people that have certain expertise in certain fields. When I say expertise, I don't mean like a lawyer. I mean a very specific business litigation lawyer or bankruptcy lawyer 
When I say marketer, I don't just mean a marketer. I mean, maybe in advertising or a digital ads specialist or an SEO specialist, really letting people highlight their expertise and then letting people connect with one another and letting those referrals happen in a digital space. So you can go in and you can say, gosh, this week I'm looking for somebody that does marketing, but does digital marketing. Or you can go into the app and you can say, my problem this week that I'm trying to solve is I need a Amazon SEO specialist. And I can type that in. And within my sphere of connections, all of a sudden, I'm going to be suggested people that fit that criteria and are going to let me connect with them. And guess what? I'm already sort of connected with them. And there's a referral happening without the referral needing to happen, which is just fantastic for anybody out there who's realizing that, you know, maybe the nine to five isn't for me. Maybe I would be much better off just utilizing my expertise and giving that to employers, whether it be big corporations or mom and pop shops. But really, I think we're going to start transitioning into this place where corporations don't have the typical 40 person deep marketing team but rather they have a 40 person deep team of experts that they can tap into on an as needed basis. So when eNetworks is launched and fully functional and all the people are kind of on it, how is the average day going to look different for say someone who's a digital marketing specialist and say in the past or in current today, they probably have a regular standard full-time job or maybe a few of them freelance on Upwork or something like that. In the e-networks world, how will that day look? It'll work very similar. Basically, they'll go in, they'll create their profile and they can update their profile as needed. But basically, they'll be getting pings of people that are trying to connect with them on a daily basis, looking specifically for their expertise. And the nice part is these aren't going to be perfect strangers off the internet like you see with Upwork and some of these other platforms. These are going to be people that are within your first, second, third degree of connection. They're going to be somebody that you can potentially trust, that you feel a little bit more confident working with because otherwise, why would somebody within your sphere of influence be connected with them? Ideally, you're only connecting with people that you know and trust and are willing to do business with. If you look at it as I'm sort of this nucleus of this atom and coming off it are all my proteins, those are all my connections, all of the people that I know. And that's my little sphere. And people are going to be able to come in, that digital marketer, he'll come in, he'll have his profile. And all of a sudden, all these little neutrons are working together and they're providing him referrals without him really having to do a whole lot. Now, we also are going to really encourage people to use the platform and not just receive. We want them Mm -hmm. to give as well. Maybe that digital marketer goes in and he goes, I really have this great strategy, but I need a really great graphic designer this week to partner with, to Mm -hmm. create the designs. And then I'm going to need a PR person who can help me write a press release once this digital campaign launches so that it's a more cohesive marketing effort. So this digital marketer can go in, he's going to be receiving people to connect with, but then he's going to type in graphic designer. And all of a sudden he's going to be recommended four or five graphic designers from his spheres of influence that he could work with and interview and talk to about the work. And maybe he develops a relationship there. 
And this sounds like somewhat of a transition in mindset for what people refer to as rank and file employee, because I think of the standard employee mindset for someone that's particularly in an entry level position is you're a worker, you wait for someone to a boss usually to tell you what to do, and then you do it. And then you have the boss tell you the next thing you're supposed to do and and do it, or you have a project manager or some sort of product lead coordinating your work. This sounds like, yeah, like a very different mindset that even people who would consider themselves at the quote unquote lower levels of an organization still need to adopt a little bit more of determining what work needs to be done. I'm determining who I need to collaborate with to get certain things done. And that's going to be an interesting transition for a lot of different people. How do you see that unfolding? Well, I think it's already happening naturally. And I think this shift that we're undergoing where we're seeing a lot of people working from home more frequently, we're seeing corporations give up that quote unquote holds that they have because they're quite literally breaking down walls. People aren't going to the office every day. We're seeing that happen already. And the reality is most people are self-starters and most people know what needs to get done to be successful in their job. And I think this is just providing tools and resources to those individuals to achieve truly what they need to. And I think what we're noticing and what we're seeing is that People are realizing that there really isn't necessarily an advantage to being a corporate employee anymore, but there's a greater advantage to them to being able to go out and contract with companies to provide their expertise for this point in time and develop relationships that then allows them to be pulled in as they're needed. And so I think that this really encourages that where some of the other business social networking platforms out there are so corporately driven. Get this job. We're going to give you a 401k. We're going to give you medical benefits, but you need this job. Whereas we're sitting here and we're looking at, you need gigs, you need jobs that are contract-based, that are point in time, allowing you to use and apply your expertise to the specific project. And the reality is people are already doing that and people are already transitioning to that. And even those entry-level employees, they know what needs to be done. And there's a learning curve for them. As with everybody, when you first come out of college or wherever you came from, intuitively people can figure out, okay, I need to do this to be successful. And they can work with more easily tap into a team of people that are going to support them at that. That's awesome. And one of the things I often think about is that people have different seasons of life. Our current or past, whatever, the sunsetting work culture has always been, it's always 40 hours a week and 40 hours a week being the minimum. Sometimes it cranks up and cranks down. People will have seasons in life where maybe you'll have a hyper-motivated season where you're really wanting to get to the next level and you want to work 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And then you'll have another season where you're burnt out or you want to pursue something else, or you just started a family and you'll want to work less than 40 hours a week for a while. Will this platform kind of enable people to manage that? And if people want to manage that and manage their workload, is there a new set of skills that people who are accustomed to nine to five need to develop? Quite frankly, people need to learn how to say no. And that's something that, especially as women in the workplace, I feel like we're really up against ourselves Mm -hmm. in that regard, where we stretch ourselves too thin. 
something, a platform like this, it is my hope will give you a little bit more confidence in saying no, because you know that there's always going to be an opportunity out there for you. This whole platform takes the whole concept of networking as a whole and puts it in a digital space. The whole concept of joining a networking group or a networking organization is you're going to go in, you're going to talk to people, and it's not necessarily the people in the networking group that are going to be hiring you, but they're going to be referring you out to third parties. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what we're doing, but without you needing to go to the meeting every single week or every single month. And you being able to gain access to people's networks without them necessarily needing to have to go in and say, oh, you should talk to this person. The concept being that those people who are willing or wanting to ramp up their work, or maybe they're wanting to slow down their work, they can just say no. And they can say, no, but you know what? Here's my favorite. No, but you know what? Here's somebody else that you can talk to. I don't have capacity right now, but here's somebody else in the field that I really love that you can talk to. These referral cycles just keep happening. Work keeps getting passed around and it becomes sort of a little business incubator, if you will. And you can come in and tap into it whenever you need. That sounds awesome. And one thing I'm also wondering about is the whole spin-up cycle as someone starts their career or makes a career transition, which I believe is going to be happening more and more frequently because the world is changing faster. So a skill that's really hot today may be useless in 10 years or vice versa. So as people need to spin up a new career, a new path, how would that work? What would someone need to do in the future e-networks world to establish that reputation and start getting that work coming in? I think that's really best illustrated by what I went through. When my first daughter was born, that was when I knew I wanted to take a step back. I couldn't be working the 80-hour work weeks that I was working prior to that. That just wasn't realistic with Oh, wow. And so I made the conscious choice to take a step back, but I still was consulting with clients. Oftentimes, where my clients came from was my referral network. And it would be somebody that my husband had met and they were starting a new law firm and they needed help or somebody that a friend knew and they were starting a new coffee shop and they just needed a little bit of assistance with advertising. And they were these little things that it was just, oh, somebody happens to know somebody. And that was how I would get a consulting contract. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the first things that I always advise people when they come to me and they say, I'm looking to cut back on my hours or I'm looking to make a shift in my career. What's the best path for me to do that to be successful? You've somehow done it. Mm -hmm. And my response to them always is it's my network. It's just the people that I know. I put it out there that this is what I'm doing. It takes some bravery to do that. It's hard for people to put themselves out there in that capacity, but I put myself out there that this is what I'm doing now. I'm going to be starting consulting or I'm going to be starting a new career path. And all of a sudden it just puts you top of mind and you start, oh, somebody will reach out to you say, hey, do you do this? I know somebody who needs that. That's your referral network and that's networking happening. And so this is just a digital way to support that, where if you're making that transition and you come in, you build your profile, all of a sudden you essentially have access to your contacts networks in your new role. And you can share that more readily with everybody. When I think of networking, I oftentimes think of at least the process I went through, which is 
you kind of look up what networking groups are out there and then you join one and then try to like meet all the people, which is what I've done with a few different groups here in Denver. So this would just kind of be an electronic or digital version of doing that exact same thing. And so if someone needs to generate a network, say your contacts are all in one industry, and now you suddenly want to go to a different industry or a whole different field, you can kind of look, browse on the groups the way you would do in something similar. I'm thinking of Meetup right now, where you find a group and you're like, try to find, say, okay, is this a good one to join? Is this a good group of people to try to get to know a little bit? Yeah, sort of. So the way that our platform works is we work based on questions. And Mm. because oftentimes the way traditional networking works is you designate an industry that you represent. Then all of a sudden, the networking group is closed off to letting anybody else from that industry come on board and come within the network, even though you really only work in a very specific segment of that industry, because that's where your expertise is. So the concept is you come in and when you're building your profile, we're not just asking you what your job title and what industry you're in. We're also asking you to describe your expertise. We want to know what problems do you solve for your clients and your customers. And we want to know who your ideal client and customer is. And then we marry that with our search feature, which asks you a very simple question. What are you looking for this week? You could type in there that you're looking to connect with other people in the marketing industry because you're interested in making a switch to that. And all of a sudden, your search results are going to come up with five people in the marketing industry that you can go talk to and have a conversation with to learn more about, maybe start establishing some relationships in an industry that you're thinking about moving to. Or you can go in and you can say, gosh, I'm trying to solve a problem this week, actually. The problem is I am not a copywriter for a website and specifically a direct-to-consumer sales website. And so you could type that in and then all of a sudden within your spheres of influence, you're recommended three or four different copywriters in that industry to talk to that might be a good fit for solving the problem that you have. My attempt was to think more, get in the psyche of people and how Mm -hmm. they are truly making this transition to a gig economy and providing their expertise and how do we facilitate that connection? How are they thinking about it? So if I'm making a job transition, I'm actually going to go in there and I'm going to say, I'm looking for people in my industry that I want to talk to, to learn more about and get connected with. Yeah. Find out if you want to do that job by talking to people who've already done it type of thing. Exactly. That's a wonderful way to find that out. People want to share about what they have going on. And these other platforms are just so corporate and it just seems so job transactional focused. And yes, there's a transactional part to what we do, but it's also about connecting people and establishing relationships because those connections are what's going to serve you long-term. And if you talk to any successful business person, oftentimes what they tell you is it's not necessarily what you know, it's who you know. And that's really what our intent is, is to connect people so that they're building relationships, meeting more people, expanding their spheres of influence, whether it's in their specific industry or something that they're trying to move to, 
Or one of my favorite features is, gosh, I'm picking up and I'm moving from Colorado to Florida. Mm -hmm. I need to start building my business down in Florida. So now I'm going to focus on spheres of influence that I already have potentially taps into connections with in Florida. So I can start building my business there. And the idea is we're all at this point where we're fluid and we're right. That was the key word of 2020 and carried over into 2021. And we're looking for a lifestyle that supports that. And Mm -hmm. these corporate experiences don't support that. We, on the other hand, want to, and it all quite literally comes down to who you know, and let's build some connections based on that. This is awesome. And the first thing I want to point out is how much I love the fact that you're using psychology and principles of psychology. One of my biggest regrets from my college slash graduate days is that I didn't do any study in psychology, which I'm trying to make up for now through a program called Coursera. Because at the time I was just thinking about specific jobs and I was like, okay, what's the specific job in psychology? I didn't know. But psychology is pretty much interwoven into almost everything we try to do. This podcast, there's a reason why I try to make every episode between 30 and 45 minutes. That's my belief as to what my audience is going to want out of the length of these discussions, right? Psychology is embedded into it. And one of the things that it feels is like when you start asking these questions and start tapping into people's psychology you end up with a better result because one of the things that the current method, whatever you want to call the method that we currently use about finding people's jobs, I'm going to just come out and say, it does a really crappy job of matching people to jobs. If you look at the Gallup surveys and some of the other ones about what percentage of people are actually engaged and happy to go to their jobs, it's low. I mean, there's no reason that we should have really put up with this for the last 20 years. I'm really excited that in this world, we'll have better results as well. Like you're more likely to, once you answer these questions, get to a job that you really want to do, not something that you just need to do for the money or for the consistency. One of the things I'm wondering, because I do have an interest in psychology is you talk about the question of the week. Mm -hmm. Is there a psychological principle why it's like a week as opposed to a day or a month or a pay period, a fortnight, whatever you want to call it? Yep. So really the thought process on that was you can go in and you can answer that question as many times as you want. But the idea is most people can only handle so much in a given week and Mm. they're doing it week to week. And oftentimes what we're seeing is people sit down on Monday morning. And the first thing that they would do when they get into the office is they organize and they look at, okay, what do I have coming up this week? What am I going to need to tap into? What am I going to need to do? Where does my capacity lie? And so this idea that the app is going to prompt you on a Monday morning, because that's when we know people are doing it Mm -hmm. on a Monday morning, come in and answer the question. What are you looking for this week? What problems can we help you solve? And you can go in, you can put that in. And then all of a sudden, it's going to give you a list of four or five people to talk to, to help solve that problem for you for this week. And We do it based on the whole week schedule because we know that sending and responding to emails, getting a chance to even connect, people tend to only be able to think about the week that they're dealing with. They're not oftentimes thinking about two, three, four, a month in advance. And so we want to break it down into something that is consumable and people are able to actually handle at a given point in time. 
That's interesting. And it makes sense thinking about Monday morning when you wake up to begin a work week. I think a lot of people have talked about, okay, what are my weekly goals? What are the five things I want to accomplish? I tend to write weekly and daily lists. You're not really thinking, say, November, December, January, unless you're part of like a corporate board doing quarterly strategy sessions, usually for the people doing the day-to-day work. Yeah, it does tend to be of the week. Right. Well, and when you think about it too, like even in those corporate strategy sessions, they're going to say, okay, we're going to need somebody in a month, but what's the process to getting that person before that month timeline? It usually starts with somebody writing on their list that this week, my goal is to reach out and interview two people. And Mm -hmm. so it's this concept that even things that are happening one month from now, there are steps that you need to take to get there that are going to happen in this week. And that's really where we want people to feel empowered. We don't want them to come in feeling overwhelmed. We want to make it consumable for them and really feel like, okay, they're in control of this and it's something that they can handle. One other thing I'm wondering, because we were talking about how the world of work is in transition. And on this podcast, I've had plenty of guests that do some form of coaching or another. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a significant kind of over the next five to 10 years coaching need around this transition. If certain people who are really, really ingrained in the mindset of I show up at eight, I go to lunch at 12, I leave at five are going to need essentially a coach to transition them into how they can work in this new world. That's a really great point. And it's something that we've actually given a lot of consideration to is how do we help people transition out of the nine to five and into a gig economy so that they're really being able to apply their expertise where and how they want to. And for me, that comes down to, they do, they need a little bit of coaching. They need a little bit of mentorship and guidance. And this concept of coaching is not new. It's something that's existed. This concept of charging for it is new. It used to just be called mentorship. You would find your mentor in your company or in your industry, and you would work with them. And I've had many mentors over the years, and they oftentimes, they're going to change. My mentors now are not the same mentors that I had when I was starting my career 15 years ago. And basically the point is, or I guess it was almost 20 years ago. Oh my gosh. But the point (laughs) is, I think that there's going to need to be guidance. And that's something that we've already looked at and have tried to identify is what is the right guidance? What do people truly need as they're making that transition? I don't know that we've cracked the code on it yet, but we're going to certainly try and take a stab at it. Because I think there's a huge need for that because it is, it's a mindset shift and it's very different than the traditional nine to five corporate employee role. Yeah. And I'm even imagining someone that's done it for 30 years now, people who are pretty far into their career, but are not quite at that retirement age yet. I'm just imagining a bunch of people, if they're going to make a transition to something else and the first thing they really encountered anything different was when their company decided, oh, now after COVID, we'll let you work from home if you have a dentist appointment, kind of like where everyone else was around 2000. I'm just imagining it being tough and trying to empathize a little. Well, and I think even getting corporate jobs is the same way. I think back to every job that I've ever gotten came from somebody that I knew. Mm -hmm. 
So it was, I knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody, and that's your referral network. And I think what people don't recognize is that making that transition to a gig worker or a contract worker is much the same way. And the difference that I'm hoping that we'll start seeing is that corporations are hiring more contract workers on an as-needed basis and tapping into that gig economy. And I think we're starting to see it a little bit. And I think it's just going to continue to expand as this whole economy shifts where now the employees are saying, you know, I don't really want to be an employee for the rest of my life. I want to have more freedom and flexibility. Then I think we're going to see companies start tapping into that and they're going to be going in and they're going to, instead of providing a job description for a nine to five job, they're going to be saying, Hey, we have this project and we're looking for a specialist in this. Who do we know? And that's a good segue to the last thing I wanted to make sure we covered here. What do you think the world of 2030, 2035 after this transition looks like? I don't know. I think about that a lot because that's right around the point that my daughters are going to start entering the workforce. And I don't know. I'm hoping that we're going to see more of an emphasis on the trades because I think we're recognizing as a society right now that the trades are so vital to how we keep moving forward and so critical. I also am hopeful that over the coming years, we see more emphasis put on the educators of the world because they're shaping the minds of what's going to come next. But I feel like they sort of get the short end of the stick right now. And I'm hoping that we see fewer career administrators, if you will. (laughs) We start seeing, I guess, a return to, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do. This is where my expertise lies. Let me do that. Let me be really, really good at my job. Set me up for success. And people doing what they really want. Because one thing I just really want to see come to an end is the world of, I got a job I don't really like, and I feel like I have to be there a certain number of hours of the day just for appearance. And as a result, I spend three hours surfing the internet, but it looks like I'm working. That's the aspect of our culture that I feel most needs to be sunset. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you ask a three-year-old what they want to be when they grow up, they're not sitting there telling you that they want to be a lawyer and sitting in an office all day. They're quite literally, if you really think about what they're telling you, they're telling you the problems of the world that they want to solve. And I think that's how we intuitively think But we've, over the years, over the centuries, have forced ourselves into thinking of, okay, what's my job title going to be? That's just not how we as humans should be thinking. We should have more freedom and flexibility to think about, these are the problems that I want to solve. We should all be entrepreneurs in our own industries and be given the freedom and the flexibility to do that and pursue what really truly excites us and gets our minds moving. One of the topics I've covered on previous episodes of this podcast is the idea of people who don't want to do just one thing, people who want to dabble into three, four different things. And I think it goes without saying that this e-networks and this broader transition that we're talking about would facilitate people, even if it is like, what problem do I want to solve as opposed to what job title do I want to have? People say, okay, well, I want to work on A, B, and C. I want to work on this a little bit and that a little bit. And that a little bit, especially if they're having one of their more highly motivated seasons of their lives where they want to take on more. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, we all have things that we love to do and it's not just 
tied to our job title. And we should have the freedom and flexibility to explore that and figure out what it turns into and how it all works together because people are not one dimensional. And the way that our current economy works is it expects people to be one dimensional. And that's just not realistic for who we are and how we are. Well, I love this future of people being able to be the non-one-dimensional true to themselves and true to who they really are. And I really hope that this process continues. Any last messages that you would like to impart onto my listeners about anything along in their journey and what they're looking into, what they want to do, or how they're going to navigate this transition in the way the workforce works in the coming years? Start with your network, be brave, put yourself out there. It's the hardest thing to do because I don't know, it's your network embarrasses you almost to a way you're more embarrassed to go in front of your network than you are perfect strangers. At least I am. I struggle with that. Yeah, I know that. (laughs) But be brave, put yourself out there and tap into your immediate network first, because people truly genuinely want to help and they will help you. And you will be shocked by how many referrals you will receive to talk to other people as you're making any sort of transition or even thinking about and learn how to be specific in your ask. What are you looking for? Learn how to be specific in that and don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to say it very clearly. And I think this podcast itself is actually a testament to what you were saying and what you were saying a little bit earlier about how people really do love to share what they're doing, what they're working on. And almost everybody has really enjoyed doing these interviews because people love talking about what they're doing, especially if it is a problem that they chose to solve as opposed to what do you do? Oh, I'm an Eastern regional strategist, blah, 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 whatever. And then they want to change the conversation as quickly as possible. Right. It's so true. Once you find your passion and what makes you happy to go to work every day, then you can start defining what going to work every day looks like for you. And I think that's the exciting part about tapping into your network and building a business that you really want not one that some job title tells you you have to have. Well, that is awesome. I just want to end by saying cheers to this emerging future where people are going to tap into what they want to do, tap into themselves. And I also really hope people consider things like personality because that's something that doesn't often come up when people look at jobs. It didn't come up for me when I was starting my career. And I would like to thank you so much for joining us today on Actions Antidotes. And I'd like to thank all my listeners out there for listening and stay tuned for more awesome discussions with people who are following their true passions, finding out what problems they want to solve or what they want to address, and hopefully even emerging us toward a much better future. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you.